What if you believed you could achieve any success you want? What would you do differently? What would you think differently? Thank you for listening to On the Air with Jeanette Sibley. It's your time for success. I'm coming to you from the Mile High City of Denver, Colorado. My focus each week is to share with you success tips, insights, and how to do it that help you achieve the results and successes you've always wanted in your business, in your career, and in other areas of your life. Are you ready to uncover the success you've always wanted? Keep listening. Many of us who are sales marketing professionals, consultants, network marketers, side hustlers, and entrepreneurs know the value of joining the right networking groups. However, to get the most out of these networking groups, it's important to really connect with others one-on-one in networking meetings. It requires meeting with people and learning more about the person, their company, their industry, and their business challenges. This is what will set you apart from everybody else out there meeting and greeting a bunch of people. Sounds easy, doesn't it? Yet we make one-on-one networking meetings difficult, mostly because we fail to ask the right questions. And we'll get into some other tips here that can help you really make this process work for you. Many businesses who have learned how to do one-on-one networking and having networking meetings that make a positive difference will improve their bottom line. On January 30th, on the air with Jeanette Sibley, it's your time for success. Joyce Foistel and I talked about how to find and get the most out of network groups. In this follow-up podcast, we will work on the secrets of how you have one-on-one meetings that work for you. Again, my guest today is Joyce Foistel. She's a Boomer's social media tutor and gets more business from networking than any other source. She has found that one-on-one networking meetings make a big, huge, positive difference when done right. She's going to be sharing with us four secrets of how to make this happen. In a moment, I will have Joyce introduce herself in 20 words or less. As I've mentioned in my earlier podcast and in my book, It's Time to Brag, It's important to keep your intro short and on point to capture others' attention. Joyce, welcome. Hey there. Thanks for coming back. So in 20 words or less, share with the audience who you are. Well, through my business, Boomer Social Media Tutor, I help business owners and job seekers too to use LinkedIn and Facebook more productively, more effectively to get more clients in the case of the business owners, and of course, to land a job for those job seekers. Great. And how does that make you an expert in networking? That's an interesting way you frame that because I've been an expert in networking since I was knee high to a grasshopper. Oh, cool. Tell me why. I grew up on a farm, but man, I'm a city girl. I grew up on a farm. And one way I think I started networking was probably about high school, just when I was in umpteen different extracurricular activities. I always kind of knew the pulse of the school and who was in what group and all of that. Like my dad, who never met a stranger, I just meet people easily. And then I find out about them and I help one person meet the other person. I say I'll give really a lot of the credit to my dad. I love it. I love it. It sounds like our backgrounds are parallel there. For our listeners out there who might be a little confused, What is the difference between one-on-one networking meetings 
and group networking meetings? Well, typically the group meeting can precede the one-to-one, -one, but you might of course have a one-to-one -one with lots of people you never see in a group. But let's start with a group networking meeting. There, depending on the format, you will usually though at a minimum have people give a chance to introduce themselves, at least to say people at their table if they're sitting in a larger group environment. You have perhaps 30, 45 seconds of, to give a very brief overview of who you are, what you do, why you do it. So it's and, like they're pitching their products and services. Exactly, though I think a lot of groups these days are going more to the why and getting into, you know, what up in the morning, but essentially. So like why they're, why they're offering their products and services. Exactly, okay. Jeanette, right. And then you might, maybe you're even a presenter now and again in the leads group or a guest speaker perhaps at a group where you've been invited to speak. But there's not interaction typically one person to one person. Then what happens afterwards is you may think somebody seems interesting, worth getting to know, then you would set up the one-to-one -one meeting. Just the difference between being part of a group environment or it might be on the phone or these days a Zoom meeting like we're doing right now. Right. The key there, whether it be a conference call, a phone call, or preferably one-on-one, -on -one, you know, at a, a coffee shop or even at their, in their office, the key here or the purpose is to build relationships and ask good questions that can educate, uncover hidden opportunities and learn more about the company and the person's challenges. Once you have that information, you will be better able to understand how you can provide solutions. Am I in the right track here? Oh yeah, exactly. I love the phrase I've learned from you about 90% of the world's information is in the hands <laughs> of other people, right? Right. So the beauty of that one-to-one -one is that chance to go more in depth with that other individual uh, that you think that they can help you or you can help them or maybe both. And you're finding out about them. What makes them tick? How did they get into that business? Their backstory a little bit how maybe it's changed over the years if they've been doing it for a while, mm -hmm. what challenges they're facing in their business. Because oh, very good. as that information comes out, that's where you might be able to, you know, help out in some way. Well, and I think one of the biggest mistakes we all make is we assume we know because we've either worked for a competitor or because, well, it sounds like the same issue that I had over here at XYZ Company, but what we forget is the culture is different. The people are different the solution that you are there to provide will need to be customized. And I think that's, at least in my opinion, where networking, particularly one-on-one -on -one networking meetings can be invaluable. Oh yeah. So yeah. let's get right into the secrets. I love secrets. Okay. So what is true networking? Well, true networking is not selling. Let's just start with what it's not. Okay. And make that distinction because Selling is when you're to the point with someone where you have a sense that what you have to offer might be what they're looking for. So you're essentially presenting a solution or perhaps a series of options to that individual, face-to-face, -face, over the phone, email, whatever. But in networking, it's more of a marketing side in that you're really in an information gathering mode. 
you're researching that person, actually even before the one-to-one -one meeting. We can go to LinkedIn these days, certainly a website, blogs, the internet in general can tell us so much about this individual. Yeah, just go, to the, just go to the Google. Yeah. <laughs> you could type in and learn yeah. quite a bit there. But again, you have to be careful here, don't we? Like we gather all this information, but that doesn't mean that it's black and white what their issue or their perception of what the issue is. Oh, oh no, this is more, I almost want to say the word superficial, but this is background information about them, how long they've had that business, things like that, their basic services, product. You can get that nitty gritty facts, but their issues, I don't think they're going to be revealing these publicly all that much. <laughs> probably <yet>. not. <laughs> probably not. So in other words, it's like you're educating yourself on what the true issues are, through marketing because you cannot market and sell at the same time. However, once I've educated myself, once I have made some proposal ideas, like let's, let's try, test out this idea, then I'm ready to sell. Am I on the right page here? Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. That makes sense. Great, so that's secret number one. Mm -hmm. And that's a probably, probably the number one secret that most people get themselves in trouble with they meet somebody face to face and they try to close them. Keep in mind, folks, that's selling. You want to market, market, market. Learn more about the person. What are the issues? What are the challenges? Now, let's get into secret number two. What is that one, Joyce? Well, I alluded to it a little bit earlier, and that's who you're going to be seeing, who you're targeting for these one to one. And again, information I've learned from you and can adapt from my own world, you have those, that inner circle of people, the folks that look like your most likely suspects, let's say, could turn into prospects. We could call them an A circle. And for me, that would be somebody over 50, also a woman who has been in business for a couple of years, maybe has LinkedIn going, but she doesn't really like how it looks. So that's, just to throw out some examples, Correct. And there's the next circle of people, could call them a B, who know the people in the inner circle. And that can be good referral partners. It could be business coaches like you or CPAs or anyone that tends to know what is making their clients tick and where they get frustrated. That's another circle. And even beyond them, you could call them a circle, just a little bit larger circle of people who know the referral partners. And that's something to keep in mind to realize that the one-to-one -one visits aren't only with that little inner circle. You really do need to be open, to not everybody obviously, but to select it in these next uh, concentric circles if you, to visualize it that way it does help me. Right, and, and just to recap, we have three concentric circles. And for those of you who are driving, do not stop and draw or stop <laughs> if you're gonna make a drawing. So we have the big circle, then we have a smaller circle inside of the big circle, and then we have a little circle. It looks like a uh, bullet board, you know, mm -hmm. where you're sh shooting arrows at like a, a target. A target. Mm -hmm. So what you want to do is the little one is the A, the bigger one's the B, and then the big one is the C, like what Joyce just explained. Here's a key piece to that. You cannot go to your A's from your C's. 
And if you go to your A's before you've done your homework, mm -hmm. you will lose the opportunity. I know I did that myself years ago. I had met with this woman. She had opened up her book, so to speak, of really prime connections. And I made the mistake myself of zipping right in there to those A's. Now remember, A's are decision makers. However, B's are where you get all the juicy information, the tidbits on what's really going on. And if you address those when you get to the A's, guess what? You're more likely to close a sale. So anyway, what I did is I went right to the A. I thought I knew it all. Mm. And guess what? Just out of generosity, he met, he met with me for 20 minutes. But I can promise you that if he could have gotten me out of there in 10 minutes, he would have because I wasn't prepared. I didn't have the information necessary to make it a great conversation. Any other tidbits there on helping target people? Well, one thing uh, we talked about last time, and of course we need to reiterate, not everyone's listened to our other podcast, is to be open-minded. Let's go okay. back to that situation of being in that networking group. And I used myself as an example, as I recall. So someone sees me, never met me, I haven't said a word yet, wondering why is that lady with graying, almost white hair sitting at the end of the table, shouldn't she just be home retired, doing whatever retired <laughs> ladies do? Then I open my mouth and I start talking about LinkedIn. Or a young looking kid, like he just fresh out of high school or college in the business world, and he opens his mouth and sounds awfully savvy to me. Whoa. So now my paradigm is shifting. Their paradigm is shifting. I think it's important to not make premature judgments or even judgments in general. Because there could be lots of possible people that could fit into even the A circle, not the B and C, that I think would be valuable for a person to spend some time with. I agree. I think that is so key. You just never know who, it, who people know. Mm -hmm. And isn't it six degrees of separation? If I call the right six people, I can get anywhere. I can meet anyone. Is that still this? this oh, I think it's going down thing? to three with LinkedIn, Jeanette. Really? Oh, I've my heard goodness. That. I don't know. I mean, you, people can dispute that. But I think seriously, because of LinkedIn, we have gotten so much closer to people and the internet in general. I think it's amazing. But at least in six. Yes. <laughs> I agree. Six. I agree. Yeah, that's fun. So let's move on to secret number three. Set up your meetings to elicit the best from others. Because here's the key to that. If you are eliciting the best in others, you will unlock their knowledge. And here's the other piece. And Joyce mentioned this just a few minutes ago. 90% of the world's information is in people's heads. It's not on the internet or in books. So what does that mean, really? Well, several things come to mind here. First is even at the point of scheduling the meeting with a person, whether it's in person, over the phone, Zoom, invite that person to tell you what time of day works best for them. Maybe they have small children. The last thing they want to do is meet anywhere, anyhow, early in the morning. Or late in the afternoon. The <laughs> Excuse me. So people have different energy level kind of um, stack their networking meetings together. And I do my best within reason to accommodate the person in their situation. I was just talking the other day though to a guy who's an introvert. And he told me if he has a meeting before, a one-to-one -one, before our meeting, that's cool. 
but he's tried having him afterwards, he's toast. His energy has drained. He mm. really isn't as present for the person as he wants to be, which is one thing you know we've already talked about. When you're with that person, you want to be fully engaged. Turn off your phone, unless you're keeping it for a timer of your ending of your meeting, but don't look at any mobile devices. Don't look at anyone else in that space you're in, especially in a restaurant or other public space. You're focusing in on that person. And that alone will take you a really long ways with someone. When you truly, truly listen to them, take notes, engage, make sure you still get to chime in too, and don't turn into some you know, interviewer, interrogator even, but to have it be relaxed and natural so they feel safe and comfortable with you. That's key. My experience is that if you've the one who called the meeting, you're the one that invited the other person, it's up to you to take the lead. In my experience, this is where they lose control of a networking meeting, which forces the other person who was invited to this meeting to turn it into an interview because they're not really quite sure why you wanted to meet with them. What I have people do is introduce themselves, share their brag statements, which sets up a context for the conversation. So for example, I would say, good afternoon, my name is Jeanette Sibley. I've been an executive coach now for over 27 years and along the way guide the creation of three millionaires. So I've set a context which means we're not going to talk about financial planning so, or selling mortgages or IT services. So there's a clarity there. And then the other piece that I have found just to be invaluable, and I learned this many, many, many years ago, is let the person know that they're a valuable source of information. I've had people who were like really grumpy and gruff and whatever, you know, they'll meet with you on the phone or maybe even in person, but they really don't want to be there. But you use those four words, valuable source of information. It's like you opened up a window and they can't help you enough. That's what I have found that also helps to get people to want to talk with you. Any other ideas there that you have, Joyce? Well, one of these kind of goes into our four secrets, so I don't want to say too much about it. But okay. I think the idea of taking notes during it also shows respect and you can ask for clarity. I usually think of people that I would want that person, I think that person could be well served by meeting. So because I have a very extensive network, then that's one of the, the things that I can do for this individual, even if we never really do any business together. But I've had people then refer me business because I helped them in some way or connected them with someone who maybe even became a personal friend. That's actually mm -hmm. So you're listening so and learning. Right. And I think that's really important. Oh, yeah. And having those prepared questions, not to yeah. have too structured, but you're going in with intention, not to let the whole thing just wander around. And another thing to think about, too, this would be more toward the end, but even at the beginning, if that other person doesn't have your business card or vice versa, early on, you can say, oh, here's my business card. Do you have yours? Now, be prepared for those young folks who want to take a picture of yours, a <laughs> digital thing, and that works too. So don't be all grumpy because you don't get their darn card. <laughs> but, um, I do say, as we've discussed before, don't have a brochure or anything else elaborate because that goes back into that earlier point of the selling. That's way too much information. But a simple business card is 
certainly a nice gesture to have and very appropriate. That's important. And remember, folks here, the key is to learn more about the person, the company, the industry, and what their business challenges, or if you're selling to consumers, what their personal challenges are. You can't sell if you don't know what they are and it's coming from them. Don't tell them what their issues are. Let them tell you. <laughs> Keep in mind, not everyone's going to buy from you, even though you think they should. Right. No, that's just unrealistic. It really is. And so our fourth and final secret is... Follow up and follow through. And I'll tell you, here's an area where I may do really well all through the first three secrets, and I sometimes will not do as good a job as I could on this fourth one. I'm like, oh, okay, all done, had a nice meeting, <laughs> only to later remember, as just even happened today, I got an email from this gal. She said, now what month was it you wanted me to present at your meetup? I'm like, oh, so-so, <laughs> that's right. Thank you for writing to me. And uh, so sometimes those people will help you out that way, but it's much more professional if you're the one that follows through within a matter of a couple days or so at least, and then what I like is take those notes that I've typed up and put them into the client relationship management tool that I happen to use. There's all kinds of them or whatever other tracking system you have and put that information in there so that you can refer to it later. Particularly, as I think you and I have talked before, maybe family's important, maybe pets are important, maybe sports are important. We're both from Wisconsin or something. I like to have a little tidbit about that information that I keep so I can ask the question or how so-and-so, how was your trip, that type. That's important because you're developing a relationship and people will do more business with somebody that they know, somebody that they trust. And to be quite honest, people, people that follow up and follow through. It's probably the number one reason that people don't get the volume of business that otherwise they could. Keep in mind also, as Joyce mentioned before, is don't refer them to your website or brochure if they have a question. Remember, answer their question. Now, if you're, you know, have already met that kind of thing and they want that, you can do both. Send them the information and say, please let me know if you'd like to talk through it. Too often, we want to just throw information at people and hope that they'll buy. They won't. People buy more on an emotional level. What has been your experience as a follow-up to having people post pictures or announce on social media their meetings? Ah, I go into a conniption at that point. I, you know, I post a lot on social media, as you know, mostly Facebook and LinkedIn, but it never once in hundreds of these kinds of one-to-one -one meetings has occurred to me to say, oh, let's take, take a selfie here, you and me here at Panera. Really? Why? <laughs> this was a confidential meeting. This was me and that other person. This seems very violating of that rust that I've been so gradually building up, particularly if I just sprung it on them and there they are all tagged in a Facebook post. So, yes, you see, I have feelings about this, obviously. <laughs> I I'm surprised. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really not surprised. You and I are really good about that. I mean, we. We do meet and it is confidential and confidential means confidential, right? And also the other thing to keep in mind and some of you listeners can be 
not so good about this is unless you have their express permission, that's a yes or no, do not add them to your email blast or your newsletters. That's really, really key. I did that one time. I sent out an email. It wasn't a blast. It was a personal email. And I had somebody get all upset with me because, because I had sent that to her and I go, but it was a personal invite. So mm -hmm. sometimes people are really overly sensitive. That's, sure. that's my point. Just a PS, Jeanette. Sure. I'd say about every couple months, I will send an email to every, well, some of the people that I've met with, the ones who I think might really enjoy getting my newsletter. So I'll send them an email request. And it's kind of, I'll send them a, a recent issue so they can see what it looks like. I'll say, here's my newsletter. If you think you'd like to get this newsletter, just let me know. Yeah, and what I do is I just have it in my signature line of all my emails. That's So right. that's another way. Periodically, mm -hmm. I run opt-ins, which means I have special freebies that I'm generously giving to people information, coaching information on a particular issue. Again, I, I'm blasting that out to social media. I'm not like targeting it. Yeah, another way I do something like that too, which leads me to a point I want to bring up very briefly, is when I connect with people on LinkedIn, I say, I have a gift for you. It's free. It's my e And then they'll see when they get into the website that when they are getting that email, they are going by downloading the ebook, then that puts them on the mail. Right. But that was their choice. That's the opt-in. Right. But I do have a gal I'm going to be seeing next week. And how did our little one-to-one -one get set up? Entirely through LinkedIn messaging. Hello. I know this is just an extra, maybe because I'm so LinkedIn or track of your LinkedIn messages. Because there could be someone you've been trying to get in touch with. And then sure enough, they didn't email you, but they sent you that message through LinkedIn. And then you can network with them on the phone or use Zoom or Skype or some other conferencing system. Right. So for those of you listeners who'd like to learn more about what Joyce and I have just talked about, in my book, It's Time to Brag, Business Edition, I devoted chapter nine talking about networking works and how to do it effectively. So I would highly encourage you folks, for those in sales and marketing, where that's part of your job description to get the book and really take it on because just meeting with somebody and say hi how are you let's talk about the kids the dogs cat and their neighbors really does not elicit kind of business opportunities joyce as you know because you've been on the podcast before so what does success mean to you is when people tell me that they have a better attitude about using social media that's one part of it but then also when they tell me that they're getting recruiters reaching out if they're a job seeker because their LinkedIn is better or they're making new connections as a business owner. So if they're getting results from the changes that I help them to make on social media, that really makes my day. Super. So Joyce, thank you. Not once, but twice. So thank you. Thank you. You've been a great guest. And as you can tell, Joyce is a networker at heart, a connector at heart. So don't be afraid to reach out, talk with her further. So the URL for Joyce Voistel's website is provided in my podcast overview for On the Air with Jeanette Sibley. It's your time for success. I want to thank you for listening to On the Air with Jeanette Sibley. It's your time for success. 
Tune in next week for more insights on how to achieve the success you've always wanted with my straight talk for dynamic results. Until next week, enjoy a successful week.